Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Sarcasm Speaks, Jared and Bob here. Uh, I'm going to just kick it off and talk about me, right? Because why the fuck not? Um, it's my show. Let's do it. Uh, I had my first ever um, competitive round of golf, I guess you'd say. I hesitate to call it a tournament, right? Because it's not like... I is Would you consider a tournament? Um, yeah, just because it's an easier term. Yeah. All right. It's a one day tournament. Yeah. So I had my first tournament, uh, ever, uh, at Pawtucket Country <clears throat> Club in Seekonk, right? <laughs> Despite the name, it is actually in Seekonk. Um, clubhouse is in Rhode Island. That's true. The clubhouse is in Rhode Island, but the entire rest of the course it's, so it's the clubhouse and the first tee box. Yeah, and then ob- that, obviously like the parking lot and everything. Yeah, I thought it was like parking lot, putting green, clubhouse, and then yeah. like literally like the first tee box and the rest of yeah. it's in Yeah, and the 18 green. So the first tee box and the 18 green and like clubhouse, parking lot, pool, all that bullshit is in Rhode Island. And then literally the rest of the golf course is in Seekonk. <clears throat> um so shout out to those guys at Pawtucket Country Club. Uh, great course. Uh, super nice, right? Like it's, um, you know, I I really enjoyed it. Had a good time. I know we talked a little bit before this about it, but I played pretty well, right? Like I, I'll concede and I hesitate because I kind of crumbled on the last four five holes um so what is that 13 right 13 on no from 14 so on the 14th hole i made a triple i made a seven and then 15 16 17 18 were meh at best i think i i bogeyed 15 i think i no, I doubled. I went triple double and then three straight bogeys to finish. Um, 18 left a really sour taste in my mouth because I hit a decent tee shot. It was it pretty strong winds into my face, but the 18th hole, there's a, there's a massive hill that drops off probably around, I don't know, maybe like 180 yards. So I smoke a drive into the wind and it just shoots straight up in the air, but it carries just enough to catch the hill and rolls all the way down the hill. I think the, the whole drive, like in total, I think was like two thirty, right. But everyone else in my group was, did, they didn't even reach the hill, right. They didn't get down the hill. So, um, so that was the tee shot and I had kind of a goofy lie where it was a little bit downhill, but also above my feet. And I had almost the exact same shot on the previous hole and I fucked it up pretty bad. So I learned, hit a pretty good shot and it ended on the right edge of the green, but the pin was like back left. So I had, I had probably like 45 feet to the pin. Um, 
So third shot, I put it to about five feet. And I was like, this is fucking great. Everyone else goes, goes, goes. I'm the last one to putt, right? Because I hit my my lag to five feet. And I look at it and it's a downhill putt. And I'm like, all right, I'm seeing a little bit, you know, left to right here. So I hit it. I hit it good. I hit it exactly how I wanted to hit it. I aimed just outside the left edge of the cup. And wouldn't you know, the putt went completely dead straight. There was not a fucking centimeter of break to it. And I missed the par putt on 18 for a five-footer um, and made bogey, right? So I, I looked it up. So the, the point differential would have would have actually put me, I think, a, a decent amount higher in the standings. Um, so all in all, I finished... Um, Tied for ninth place. So not fucking bad, right? Pretty solid day for my first ever competitive round of golf in a field of 30 30 guys, right, that were in my division. I finished tied for ninth. Um, Pretty fucking solid, right? Like I'm I'm, I'm actually happy with it. It's just... I can see now, and I'm sure you also deal with this, playing way more competitive golf than I ever have. Literally, however many rounds you've played times, you know, whatever, (laughs) because I've only played one, right? So if you've played 34 rounds of competitive golf, you've literally played 34 times as much as me. So whatever that number might be, you probably agree with this, what I'm about to say, is it's super easy now to watch guys like the pros right not that i'm comparing myself to them but it's it's easy to watch guys like that go out and shoot like 5 6 under and be like yeah i left a couple out there left a couple strokes out there you know what i mean cuz like, you always do well that's the thing you, like you they, always they can go do. out and shoot a 65 and be like yeah i left a couple out there so the three best rounds of golf that i've ever played the even par in the mass mid-am qualifier, the mm-hmm. three under I shot in New York last year, yep. and then the one under at Sharon. I made a double in every single one of those rounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, it's. It always happens. I, I think that's part of it that's kind of like addicting, right? Because I looked at it, right? Well, I looked it, at the and, standings and I go, if I, <clears throat> if I didn't fall apart on the 14th hole and make triple right if i because i'll i'll get to that and i'll explain what 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 the fuck happened there um there was another hole i think the 13th hole where i had a meltdown i pulled a lucas herbert where i went back and forth over the green um it was fun so there was just a lot of a lot of not awesome shots right but paired with a lot of really good shots. So I I just focused on the the triple and then the putt on 18. And if I had made bogey on 14 and hit the five footer on 18, I think I would have ended in like a tie for fifth or something like that. Um so it's just fucking annoying, right? That like Obviously, I'm happy with the top 10. I, I finished top 10 out of a field of 30 
in my first ever competitive round of golf. Um, also shot an 86, which obviously breaking 90 is a, is a huge fucking feat, right? Especially when it's not a Chamawa because Chamawa is a short course, right? It's fucking tipped out. There is, is shorter than the tees that I played at, 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 uh, Pawtucket. Right. So, um, it just, it was, it was good, right. It felt good. It was a, it was a fun day. It was a fun round. Um, and it was pretty cool to be able to like play golf for real, right. Where there's like real consequences. And a couple of times I had to, luckily I had a guy in my group, shout out to Gary, this old dude named Gary. Classic um, Gary. Yeah. From Lexington country club. Um, and he, he was classic, like knew all the actual specific golf rules. It's like on one of the holes, I hit my ball. There was a, one of the holes, there's a cart path that goes right in the middle of the fairway, like asphalt cart path. And my tee shot ended right, like maybe two inches behind the cart path. So I was like, Hey, like Gary, what's the ruling on this? And he goes, well, it all, he gave me the whole rundown. He goes, all depends. He goes line up on your ball. And I lined up and my foot was on the, the asphalt and he goes, all right. So if the cart path is impeding your swing, you can take a club length, like a 180 degree, you know, lateral to behind and take the drop at the point where if you stood, you're not going to stand on the car path. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I did the drop and I hit my shot and it was cool. Like it was, it was just kind of like cool to play real, like legitimate golf, right? Like I have to ask for the ruling and like, see what it is and then do that. Right? like, there was one. I I'm, gu I'm guessing you, so I'm guessing you didn't pump a ball OB off the tee. If you're no. saying that. No, yeah. I, I did not. Cause, cause, <laughs> cause it's all, it's all cool when it's like, you know, rules, ball and cup, like whatever. But then, you know, you hit a ball OB and you got a re tee and you hit guy that one skanky. A guy in my group. Um, a different guy in my group did that on one of the whole, I think it was 11. Um, he hit a ball four right into the woods, but it was like, it's like short woods and then it's street. Like it's like 152 on in Seekonk. And we all heard it hit the tree. We went, we looked, we couldn't find it. And he was like, fuck, I should have hit a provisional anyway. So we had to get in the golf cart, drive back to the tee box, oh, hit a yeah. shot. They need to, they need to do the other rule. Yeah. They need to, they need to, uh, they need to enact the local rule where you hit four from the fairway. Oh, that's, is that the rule? That's it's a low, well, it's a local rule. So the competition oh. has to adopt it. So point of entry, move over to the fairway and then you would hit your fourth ball. Or you would hit your fourth from there. So effectively, so it's, it's a two-shot penalty, which is the same for OB because you have to you have to take the the stroke for the drop. Then you're hitting three off the tee. So true, actually, yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> I didn't think of it that way. It just skips a step. Yeah, it skips the like, tee shot. To Tora Greater Boston, you are not like it is a local rule. You are not allowed to go back to the tee. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, like mask all or 
Yeah, I know it's a member day, but like, yeah, mass golf, USGA, usually that shit's like hit a provisional, you got to go back. It's like a whole fucking thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, like I said, pretty cool, right? To shoot an 86, legitimate golf. Um, finished tied for ninth. Really, like just just all around a good day. Um, I'm I'm happy with it. I like the competition aspect of it, right? Like I don't know. It's just kind of cool. Like it's and the people I played with were like pretty laid back, right? Like it was an, it was an older guy and a woman. They were probably in their you know, maybe late 60s, um, maybe early 70s. If they were in their early 70s, they looked fucking great for that. Like, you know, maybe mid to late 60s. Um, and then there was another guy, the guy that hit the ball and had to go back and re-tee. It's probably like, you know, mid 50s, mid to late 50s. So like everyone was like pretty jovial i guess you would say like we weren't like shooting the shit really like we weren't like talking oh hey where you're from what do you do like it wasn't like that um but it wasn't like cutthroat either right where these guys are like i don't know i don't even i wouldn't even be able to think of an example off the top of my head right but it was just a cool laid back atmosphere i guess because they were just there to have fun right like they were i think every all four of us were there because we wanted to play that course, right? Because it's a I private think, it's a private golf course. I think that's the main benefit to those member days. Um, we were also in the obviously the woman was in the women's division, but we all the men, the three men were in the the men's division, not the members division. So the members division played from further back tees and they had a net competition and a gross competition. Whereas like our group was net. just net. So I would imagine if I was in the members division, maybe it would be a little bit more competitive. It all depends on the specific person. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Um, I've noticed. So any individual person can be a fucking asshole. Any sure. does like it can happen. Like regardless of circumstance. Um. I've noticed most of the time that as provided the person isn't a fucking asshole, if the course is nice and people are like moving along, generally everyone's just kind of like cool with being there. And it's like not that big of a deal. Yeah. <clears throat> now I also play, play with some like ultra competitive people too, but it never gets – but again, it's like it only gets to the point of like, wow, I never want to play with this dude again if that person by personality is a fucking dickhead. So like right. there, there, there's a guy – there's a guy on the tour grade of Boston. Everyone knows it. He's just a fucking prick, and it's like he's good. He's a good player, but he is just a fucking asshole, and I've never played with him. But I see what he has to say in the bulletin board. I've told, I've heard what people tell me. Like, all accounts, the guy is just, he's just an asshole. Just and a that's, grade A cocksucker. He's just an ass. Like, that's, that's all he is. And it's like, for what? Yeah. But then it's like, if you think about it, one, personality wise, he's probably just an asshole. Yeah. Two, some of the like, 
uh, like the Dewey Cox. Well, I'm just happy to be here. Like that goes away when you've been playing these places since 2008. Like, yeah, you know, you know, I played Eastwood Ho and Braeburn this year and I actually played okay. Uh, Eastwood Ho, I put up a little bit of a high number, but like literally I was just, I was just, I was fortunate that I not only got into those events. Well, first of all, I was fortunate that I could play those events. Then I was right. fortunate that I got, I got the lottery on both. And then just to be able to like actually play like halfway decent, like that's pretty cool. Yeah. But if you've played Eastwood Ho seven times, the I'm just happy to be here probably rush like uh, rubs yeah. off a little bit. Right. Right. And even like want to moist it for me. I'm just like, I continue to play it, but I'm like, this is going to be a bitch. <laughs> so it's it's not even like, Oh wow, what a nice place. I'm just like, man, what a fucking ass kicking this is gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> myopia still has it. I'm looking forward to myopia. But I also know myopia is not fair. <laughs> like right, right. there's nothing I can do to make that place. Yeah. Like I could hit it great and put up a high number. Or I could hit it like shit and fucking score like yeah. and score well. Yeah. That's like, just that that's just how that place works. I think part of it for me too was I literally went in with zero expectations. Um, so that so obviously that's a thing. Um, I think the the member day setup is nice because it's just again just like how I got into those two events. You sign up, you don't know if you're going to be in. These are like every course is generally a private. They're all pretty nice. They're not anything crazy. Like none of them are really crazy. I think I don't remember anything like. Nothing like out of this world. Um, so it's like it's a lottery system. So it's like if you get in, like you're fortunate to have gotten in. Right. It's like, oh, Pawtucket. It's like you know I've never played before. Let's see what this place has to offer. Uh, it's close to you. Right. Like, and like truthfully, you don't know how it's gonna go. Yeah. <clears throat> now I'll tell you right now, the worst fucking thing you can do is compare this event to whatever comes next. I don't know what that's going to be. I don't right. know if it's a right. member guest. I don't know if it's a whatever. That that that's fucking death. If you yeah. if you compare your experience on Monday to whatever comes next, whether it's a member day next year or whatever. Right. Right. That is that is how you fucking don't enjoy golf. Yeah, and I I think I'm pretty good with kind of taking a a clean slate with every approach right because it's especially for me right now and i i know i said this i don't know if it was the last it might have been the last episode if not the one before where like i finally have some sort of confidence in my game because again at Pawtucket yesterday all aspects of my game were working well at different times again. So it wasn't like an entire round where I got off the tee really well, but my iron sucked, but my chipping and putting was great. It was, it was like a hole by hole approach basically. So like just off the top of my head, right? So the 10th hole, right? I stand up to the tee box and I just, 
just felt good. Just, you know, it's the 10th hole, whatever. I played pretty good on the front nine. I think I shot a 40, 42 on the front nine. Uh, yeah, I think I went 42, 44 um, for an 86. So I stand up, I get up on the tee box, a little bit wind at the back, but it's uphill. And I absolutely fucking nuke. Like I hit a nuclear missile off the tee and I did actually end up using 18 birdies. Um, I know I said, I wasn't sure if I was going to, I was leaning towards no, but once I got a feel for like the setup and like the day and the people I was playing with, I was like, Oh, it's just like a regular round of golf. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. So I just, I hit it really quick while I was on the, the tee box on one. So I did end up using 18 birdies. So using that, my tee shot on 10, went like 284 yards. And I think I had, I can actually look, I'll pull it up. Um, but 286 yards actually. So uh, tee shot 286, I had 65 yards into the hole, but I had a downhill lie. So I pulled a 56 degree wedge. And I go, okay, like thinking in my head again, 76 yards is that like 76 yards, give me the 56 and I'll put it to within four feet, right? Like that's like, that's how confident I am with that number and that club. So I'm like, all right, 65 yards. I, I don't have to take a full swing, like go right at it. Like I'll just take a nice, easy swing and we'll, we'll go. I didn't take into account for the downhill lie. I chunked the fuck out of it. And the shot went 32 yards, leaving me with 34 yards <laughs> into the pin. So I then cussed myself a little bit and go, okay, whatever, let's move on. I grabbed the, um, no, I stayed with the 56 degree, actually. I didn't, I almost went back to get the 48 because I do all my chipping with the 48. And I said, nope, 56, keep it in my hand. I'm walking up to the ball and I'm just going to make a good chip. It's a little bit uphill to the green. So I go, okay, I got 34 yards, 56, take a couple practice swings. All right. I hit it. It takes one hop off like the upslope, rolls onto the green, and I couldn't see it. But apparently, according to the, because the three other people were standing on the green, it rattled off the cup and the stick like three times. And I almost fucking hold it from 34 yards. And it didn't obviously go in. And I had about one inch <laughs> to tap the ball in for par. So <laughs> it's one of those situations, right? I, I hit the drive. I hit a 286-yard drive. I chunked the fuck out of the shot. But then my third shot, I almost hole out. And I, I rattle it off the pin and leave it one inch, tap in for par. So I get out of there with par. It's like... That's a lot of kind of how the day went. Like the first hole I hit, I drained a 17 yard putt for bogey. Right. So like, uh, teach had a good tee shot. Second shot chunked it out of the rough. Third shot. Uh, I had to hit like a low shot underneath tree branches onto the green, uh, got it to the edge of the green or right into the rough. I chipped it on to 17 feet, 
and I hit a 17 footer for bogey, get out of the first hole away from the disaster with a, a bogey, right. For 17. And I was like, that kind of set the tone where I was like, all right, I can hit some putts today. Um, greens were super fast. Um, very undulating, if that's a word. Yeah, dude, but Donnie Ross. Then there was, I forget what, what hole it was. It was early on. Um, was it the fifth hole? Yeah, the fifth hole. I, what did I hit? Off the tee, I hit a hybrid. So, oh, the fifth hole was like a massive upslope. So where the tee box was, about maybe 40 to 50 yards, it was like a 25-yard incline. So like from the tee box, I had no idea where the fairway was. I had no idea where the hole was. I had nothing. Obviously, I had the GPS so I can see the layout of the hole. But like literally, you have about you know 40 yards to get it up 20 yards like that's that's it and you can't see shit so i hit hybrid off the tee which i'll get to that my my notes which uh shout out to you for that one um so i hit hybrid uphill it doesn't go that far it only went 135 so my second shot i hit a six iron into the green i got 220 into the green my six iron goes 154 yards to the right, I'm in a little bit of a tree line. So from the tree line, I hit the shot to the rough, right? So I'm in I'm in the rough. Oh, I'm long. So I'm long of the green in the rough. I chipped the shot from the rough onto the green, thinking it's a pretty big down like downhill slope thinking like I'll land it in this one spot and it'll release and it'll get, you know, somewhat close to the hole ball didn't release. So I had 29 feet to the hole after my chip shot. And I drained a 29 footer for bogey again, got out of there bogey, take the fucking medicine. So it's like, that was kind of how the day went, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't like I lit the place up. Obviously. I mean, I shot a 14 over, um, but it was a lot of like, okay, that shot wasn't great, but like, I'll get it on the next one. And then the next one was either good or it wasn't. And then I knew all I had to do was just get it close to the green or get it on the green and I would be okay. So, I mean, like I said, all in all good day, um, fun course right the all the like i said the greens I, I i can't say it enough the greens were fucking hard um a lot of slope i think almost every single green sloped back to front there was a lot of false fronts um like a lot of undulation a lot of the pin placements were really hard um all four of us in the group were kind of on the same page like some of these holes are like a, it was like a diabolical pin location so super fast Super undulating, but it was fun. I would play again. I actually enjoyed it so much. I looked up what it would cost to become a member there. <laughs> Do you get so, info? Uh, yeah, under 35, it's $1,000 to 
for a deposit and then yeah for initiation and then it's 30 is it 34 or 3500 dollars a year oh that's not bad now that you're having a kid you can't do anything fun so that's out oh that's yeah that's (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah not too bad yeah for an under 35 it's like on the higher side yeah and then you got to figure what the all-in dues are so it's like you're not going to join somewhere pay an initiation pay that much to just bail like right knowing that you can't afford right the full membership when the time comes right yeah they have a lot of different options because it's a it's a yeah, country it's like a full country social. club they have a pool and a fucking restaurant and like all that shit so it's yeah. like i looked up all in for like a full a full membership for a family is like 6800 bucks a year that's not crazy no it's no so if you have it you have it and if you don't have it you don't have it but as, right. in terms of how country clubs go that's not crazy. I don't know if there's yeah. any like minimums associated with it, but I miss the uh I definitely miss the boat because the the rate for 18 to 29 I think was a $1000 deposit and then I think it's like 2600 for the year. Yeah. So I mean I know I didn't I uh, did I? Yeah, I did live here when I was 29, but yeah, you would have had to catch that early. Yeah. (laughs) But then it would have went up to 3,400 anyway after that. So. Yeah. But it's, um, I don't know. It was was interesting to see just again, it's literally 15 minutes from my house. Like it's super fucking close. Yeah. Well, there's also, I mean, again, it wouldn't help you much, but there, there are also like, usually like social memberships or weekday memberships or whatever. Yeah. We have all that shit. Yeah. I look there. They have all the different options. They have like the, I think their social membership is only access to the restaurant and the pool and not the golf course. Yeah. So then they probably have like a limited play, something that gets you like, they usually do something that's like 36 holes a month. Yeah. Then there's like weekday only. Um, but again, none of this matters because you're having a child. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, one, a... no one gets a golf membership while the baby is doing six weeks. Right. Right. Yeah. And unless I have get it, like you either a, have a, it before raise, uh, yeah, or I'm not going to be able to afford a child and a, a, in the first year, a forty-five hundred dollar um, golf membership. Yeah, you pretty much got uh five years before. So this is the thing, though. <clears throat> five years from now, you'll be what? Thirty-six. Okay, so you'll be out of any and all younger right. memberships, but you'll be paying for fucking childcare for that whole time. Yeah. That. Well, again, you guys will probably have like another one or something. So kick that out even more. But yeah, I mean, once <laughs> once kindergarten comes, you get like a substantial fucking bonus. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah, um, like, I mean, if you have two kids in fucking daycare, it's going to be like 25K a year. So that's going to be fucking stupid. 
by the time they both get to kindergarten, then it's like it's our money again. Yeah, we got no, a it's lot not, of money not, back. Well, not a hundred percent. It's not a hundred percent yours again because they still have shit and right, right, fucking annoyances and you do but, still uh, have to feed them when they're not a whatever. Yeah, occasionally, clothe yeah. them. Um, but this thing, oh, you can't see it on the show. I have to put it like in front of me. The notes here that I took, like the the yardages, the everything, um, massive fucking help. Because like I told you yesterday, um, I didn't have to think on any of the tee shots. I literally, like before I walked up to the tee, I took out my piece of paper. I looked, I go, what does it say? And like one of them is on the second hole, it says driver, narrow fairway at 230. For And then this one just so happens, there was only like a couple holes where I wrote something about the approach. On the second hole, I go approach, layup, comma, long equals dead. <laughs> so it was just a reminder to me to like, don't push it and try and go for it, right? Like if if it's like a, if a, I forget what the hole was and what the number was, right? But if it was, say on the approach I had, 160 yards like just don't push it right like just play a safer shot and leave it shorter shorter is better than long um the sixth hole narrow fairway opens up on the right about 240 take driver <laughs> like that's literally like what these are like uh the ninth hole bunker on the left is 250 take driver <laughs> so like just a little dumb little shit like that a lot of these like right is dead a 14 off the t right is dead um so there was one hole yeah the fourth hole tight window off the t room to the left bunker bunk two bunkers on the right 220 to 250 take hybrid or six iron So, and then that one on the approach, left is okay, short is okay. So it was just like little, little things like that, that like mapping that out before the round was a massive help. It kind of makes me wonder, I don't know if you, I'll, I'll ask, I'll pose this question to you. Um, it makes me wonder, like if I did the same thing at Sharon what would happen because i kind of look at it like i've played that course so much like i know i kind of like know what i'm gonna hit where but if i actually approach it like i've never played there before and map things out and just follow the plan how much things would change well there's only one way to do it and it would be try I would. Right. I will say the only like so the the main issue with Sharon. I've been trying. I've I've spent five years trying to figure this <laughs> out. Like, why do people have such a hard time here? Yeah. And Sharon Country Club is not a hard golf course if you hit the correct tee shot every time. Yep. So if you do what you're supposed to do, then it's not hard because it's. You're hitting wedges. It's not whatever. The problem then lies when the tee ball is a little bit off because there's not a lot of room for error 
And yes, there are some like really narrow holes, but you just have like trees and bad lies and uh, uneven lies. Like there's all types of issues that arise, like even like overhanging trees or tree limbs and you know, you hit it down the right side on five and now you can't look at the green. Like it's all shit like that, which right. is Sharon's main problem. Now, when we played, when we played with Fodge, he was real skanky off the tee, but he just kept hitting punch out after punch out after punch out to the like space. Like he just kept hitting right. punch outs to space. Right. And he ended up not really shooting as high as someone who would hit T balls like that. I would expect to have shot. Right. right. He pretty much kept it together. I forget what he actually shot. doesn't matter, but he just kept hitting punch outs to space, punch out to space. Yeah. Punch his out recovery space. game was fantastic because his off the tee. He was a mess. So that's, but like, that's, that's the difference is <clears throat> if you're hitting great tee shots, then you're, it's not like, it's not hard. Right. If you're hitting shitty tee shots, then it can be hard. If you're hitting t- shitty tee shots and you're trying to get it all back, high numbers are coming. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. really high numbers are coming. Yeah. And it's like it's an ab- it can be an absolute fucking debacle if you're not yeah. careful. See so, every time I play there. Except yeah, I will say the last time I know things didn't go awesome, but like I said I I broke 100 for the first time ever. That's sure. I shot a 98. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing is you can map it out. I just don't know. You would be mapping out and strategizing. So it's like, wh- what are you going to give? Like, what are you going to give back to the course? So like take nine, for example, and you go, I'm sick of fucking spraying driver right or whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'll just knock something down there. It's like, well, you're not reaching that green in two. Right. Then if you lay up and then if you lay it back, but you're right now, you're blocked out again. So it's like you can map whatever you want, but your execution will dictate your mapping unless you pull, but then you can, you can all, but at the same time, you can pull 18 birdies and say, all right, well, off the tee, it's this. And then you put, it's like, okay, well, I hit a shitty one. So let me pull 18 birdies. Let me find out what it takes to just plot it along and just keep plotting it along. Right. And that's part of how to, that's sort of, I mean, how you keep a decent number going when you don't have it. Yeah. I think, honestly, um, Part of like why I think I played a lot better, especially all things considered too, right? Like it's the first time I ever played the course, first time ever competitive, first time this, first time that, whatever, yada, yada. I think I just went in a lot more relaxed because I knew I was getting a stroke on almost every, I got, I got a stroke on 15 out of 18 holes. So there were three holes that I weren't, I wasn't getting strokes on. So I stood up, I got up to the tee box with the mentality of bogey is fine. Like the goal, I wouldn't, 
I guess you would say potentially on some of the holes, the goal was to just make a five, right? So like the pressure of, I got to hit a really good tee shot and then hit a good approach and then chip it close and putt and all that shit wasn't really there because I knew I was going to get a stroke. And I was like, okay. And it, it helped me be like, all right, that was a shitty tee shot, but that's fine. Cause I'll just punch it out, get it close and then, or get it as close as I can. Right. And then go from there. Like I knew that, I don't know, like I, I wasn't focused on what am I going to shoot? And I think, so part of that was also the getting the strokes, but part of that was also that it was a stable for competition as well. Um, so I wasn't like hyper-focused on like, what am I shooting? Right. It wasn't like, Ooh, I'm, I'm going to shoot an 86. Like I had no idea that I shot an 86 until I added the numbers together. Like I knew what I shot on the front nine. Cause I added all the numbers from, from nine, right. To get to 42. But at the end of the round, I had no idea what I, I had no fucking clue what I was shooting. Like I, I thought I played pretty well. Um, and then at the end I was like, holy shit, I just shot an 86. But that like the, the score wasn't my focus. It was the Stableford, right? It was the points. So I will also say <clears throat> I've never played Pawtucket. I've played a few Don, Donnie Rosses, you know, our guy. Yeah. Generally speaking. Generally speaking, now I know Pawtucket's a little bit tighter than some of his other courses, which I didn't know ahead of time. I just didn't tell you that. <laughs> I didn't want you to fucking think too much about it. Um, and I also knew you were going to be playing different tees than when we played the tour event. Uh, generally, Donald Ross courses, you do have space off the tee. Like the premium isn't really the tee ball. It's getting it from your tee shot into the cup. That's right. usually where Donald Ross course gets kind of goofy. Um, now, I've never played Pawtucket, so I can't speak to how much of that or how much of that came into play or not. Um, so being able to properly strategize definitely helps, but there are some courses now. I don't know if like, um, I'll just use Ipswich for example. <clears throat> Ipswich Country Club is a is a course where it's like everyone's gonna think it's nice, and it's like this place sucks because <laughs> it's in a fucking housing development. There's OB everywhere. There's houses fucking everywhere. It seems like all it asks you to do is lay up short of the bunkers and have a long shot in because it's like the bunkers are like they seem almost placed to like tempt. It's like ooh like risk reward like try to drive it over the greens and then it's like you look at it and go bro 16 handicap ain't flying those those bunkers like <laughs> yeah they're not like all they're gonna do is hit it in him. so it's like lay it up short and have a long shot in it's like why like why yeah. are we doing this like so it seems like a like some of the newer courses are more like that whereas the older courses again they like they let you fucking they let you move it off the tee, but fucking good luck. Yeah. At that rate. But then the other part is if you strategize a certain way where it's like, you know, 
if you're not maybe intentionally missing greens or it's like, hey, if anything, this is going to come up short, then you don't have to really worry about like the false fronts and shit because you're not hitting the green. You're short, so you're chipping anyway. And when you chip up, provided you hit it with enough speed, it's not like it's spinning. Right, right. And and yeah, do you do you sacrifice some pars? Yeah, you do. But if you made 15 bogeys and three pars, that's 15 over, which is still one better than your handicap. And you don't always shoot your handicap. It's eight out of 20. I don't know what that percentage is. Um, right. It's less than 50%. Like you're only going to shoot your handicap. Oh, it breaks down to... Uh, fuck. How do I reduce that fraction in my head? Eight out of 20 divided by two. Four, four out of 10. Four out of two 10. Fifths. So you're only going to you're only gonna shoot your handicap 40% of the time. Ish. Yeah. <clears throat> So to make 15 bogeys and three pars, you would shoot your handicap or actually would shoot better than your handicap. And when you say it's like, just get something into play, just get something around the green, chip it on and two putt, golf doesn't sound that hard. Right. Now it does sound a lot harder when it's like, okay, you got to squeeze it into this tight fairway and uh, you got to hit a green from 180 out. The wind is in your face. It plays 10 yards up. Oh, and there is a false front. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no, that sounds awesome. I, I'm, yeah. I'm thoroughly <laughs> enjoying this. So you want me to hit that ball 205, and if I hit it 207, it's fucking gone? Sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I hit six greens. I hit 10 fairways and six greens. So that helps. That would but, help. Um. I think that's uh that's probably enough about my my amazing incredible round and how I'm gonna become a pro. Uh, you know, maybe about this time next year I should be should be getting my tour card. Um, Is that one of the things before or after the divorce. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I'd probably say after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, probably after. I'll get a lot more free time. <laughs> Um, so uh, actually what I wanted to touch on before we got there, but I was just so excited to talk about me, um, and yet another swing and a miss on the death pool. Uh, Paul Rubens died yesterday, better known as Pee Wee Herman. Oh, okay. So from Pee Wee's Playtime and Pee Wee's Funhouse, and uh, there are there's a bunch of like other of random shit. movies he's been in. I never watch any of that stuff. Kind yeah, of before our, it was kind of before our time. It it was a little bit before our time, yeah. But I think I may have seen one of them. Um, I mean, he's been in a big a bunch of other shit, right? Like just as almost like a parody of himself. Um, yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I think that was the big one. What? Uh, he was at WrestleMania. That's right. <laughs> he was at WrestleMania 27 <laughs> in 2011. So, yeah, we uh, we missed again. We are really fucking bad at this uh, this whole death pool thing. 
But I mean, that I mean, was a, it was only he was only seventy. How are we supposed to get that one? Yeah, no, that's fair, right? And the, there there was another one too that everyone was like freaking out about on social media, but I have no idea who he is. Um, he was a really young kid. I think his name was August or Augustus or something like that. He was in that show Euphoria. Um, they're kind of speculating that he may have killed himself. Um, because they, I saw someone on Twitter, I saw a post that it was either Twitter or Instagram, I don't know. Uh, and it had said, again, I don't know who this kid was, but it was all over social media. And they had said that his dad had just died like two weeks ago. And he had struggled with mental health issues in the past, like prior. So, I mean, you're 25 years old and you you die. There's really only a couple things that could have happened. Um, so the, the way the it was painted on social media kind of made it seem like he might have killed himself. So uh, that's probably not one we would have got there because, like I said, I don't even know who he was. I don't yeah, even I watch the show. I know the show is massively popular. I have no um, idea what we're talking about, but it's um the only thing I know about it is that Zendaya is in it. It's uh Mary Jane from the Spider-Man movies. That's it. That's all I know. Well, that's not true. I also know that some people apparently call it like softcore porn, basically. So apparently there's like a million sex scenes in every single episode. So couldn't tell you what it's about. Um, but all I know about it is that Zendaya is in it and there's a lot of sex scenes. Don't know. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's fucking good, right? People yeah. seem to enjoy it. Sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. What else we got going on? Um, actually, before we wrap things up, um, I was going to use this as my final thought, but I have a different final thought. Um, have you seen Mark Norman's stand up soup to nuts on Netflix? No, I don't know when I, it came out. I also don't know if I'm familiar with this gentleman. Truthfully, it may have just come out like this week. So my question to you of, have you seen it might be a really retarded question. Um, but no I watch as retarded questions, <laughs> yeah. just retarded people. Yes, that's true. Uh, so I watched it the other day. I forget when or how or why. I don't know where Amy went. She went somewhere. So I went. Uh, so I watched um, Mark Norman special Soup to Nuts. So Mark Norman, um, one of my favorite comedians. He is fucking hilarious, but he's also, I think. And I'm pretty sure he might agree is I think he's on the spectrum. Um, he's just kind of like a weird, like quirky guy in general. Right. Cause I've listened to him a bunch on podcasts um, and he's just like, he reminds me a little bit of Norm Macdonald, but I don't know how much of Norm was just a bit that Norm was constantly doing. Whereas like Mark, 
Mark Norman, which also is funny because it's Mark Norman, Norm MacDonald, um, similar names, but he's just, he's very good. I think he's very funny. He's got a very strange sense of humor. And like I said, I think he may be on the spectrum. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't want to give too much away. He's also a different type of comedian, right? Where like, I feel like a lot of big comedians today are storytellers, right? Like they'll, like one bit might last 15, 20 minutes. Whereas Norman's kind of like, is a little bit more of like a punchier type of comedy where like a bit, a long bit for him might only be like five, six, seven minutes. Um, you know, he rifle he rifles through a lot of different material. And I actually, I follow him on Instagram. And one of my favorite things is when he does crowd work, he'll just stand on the stage and just have the, the audience. This, this wasn't really in it. Well, there was a quick little segment of it in his special, but there wasn't a lot of it. But a lot of times on his Instagram, he'll just post, he stands on the stage and just asks the audience to just yell stuff. Like could be anything random. And like someone will yell something and he'll just riff for like a minute or two on the topic and come up with like a crazy punchline on the spot. Um, so I, I enjoy him. I think he's pretty good, but I, I would highly recommend soup to nuts. Uh, it's on Netflix. So shout out to Mark Norman. He's actually coming to Providence uh unfortunately <laughs> he's coming like october 25th or whatever so we're gonna have like a one month old so i don't know uh how feasible it will be for us to go see him at the comedy connection in providence which is pretty close to our house it's only i think like maybe 25 minutes tops so I don't know if he's coming to Boston, though. I don't think he is. I think he's just going to Providence, but would be worth it uh, for anyone in the area. Watch his special and then buy tickets to his uh, his show in Providence. I'm not, and I'm not even getting paid from him to say that. I just thoroughly enjoy his work. So, uh, That said, you want to wrap this up? We can wrap this up. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so my meltdown of the day <laughs> had to do with <clears throat> the flooring. So the black rubber flooring at the gym. So always fun. So the facts of the story or the facts of the case, the black rubber flooring is on top of a carpet. That's what was there existing. And we thought that would be a good thing for cushioning the floor, like dropping weights, dropping dumbbells, all that stuff. And when we put the flooring in and like some shit was moving around, like one of the flooring guys was like, he goes, yeah, the only problem, he goes, the logic's there. He goes, the only problem is now it bounces. So like it's easier for everything to move. So we've had issues with, the floor or like the mats or the like the rubber strips like moving and that's always been kind of a problem so it's like you know a couple cuts here it bunches up here and it's like you know it usually bunches up or gets all fucked up by the rack so it's like to move the racks we need four fucking people <laughs> and then it's like 
you know, can it be perfect without moving everything? Probably not. And it's like, this is a whole fucking thing. So, you know, kind of let it go, kind of like patch it, kind of make some cuts, kind of like whatever. And it's like, it's moving, like it's moving significantly. So then like, you know, we had it all, like all the seams taped, you know, some of the tapes gone, you know, you cut some of the tape to allow it to move. Just kind of like a debacle. So now, like the other day, you know, a bubble shows up like kind of in the middle. I'm like, how the fuck did that show up? So kind of <laughs> kick it out, whatever. Think the next day, come in, it's kind of back. I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Sick. And I'm looking at it. This sucks. I think I kicked it out again. Yesterday morning, the bubble's back. I go, whatever. Can't really kick it out this time. I go, this fucking sucks. I go, we're going to have to move everything. And like, I can see where it's going. Everything's moving back into the right. Like, going to have to move. I know the exact piece that needs to move back first. And then it's got to be the next one, then the next one, then the next one, then the next one. And it's a fucking pain in the ass. There's always fucking people in my way. I don't want to do it. I'm fucking busy. I fucked off to play a scramble yesterday and I don't want to hang around there all day because I want to go play nine holes this afternoon. So I'm there in the morning and um, I actually went in. I like I knew I didn't have a guy, but I went in anyway, like get some shit done. And I'm looking at the floor. I go, no, this has to go. So, you know, cut up the tape move the first piece over like that's my, my anchor piece. So I set that tape it down and uh, it like, and so now the bubble's gone, but it just, le- it leaves a gap and a gap right. is way better than a fucking bubble. So right. fine. So then I get through the class run, I get through some stuff and you know, I start like lifting. I'm like, I really don't want to do it, but I'm like lifting and cutting and like lifting <laughs> then like moving the floor whatever then i just got to the point i'm like i can't keep doing both of these so i just got the floor done um so first piece my anchor piece that was done at like before seven in the morning like done so move the next piece over tape it down move the next piece over and i'm looking at the tape and i'm like we're not gonna have enough not Gonna have enough. Of course not. (laughs) Move everything over. So we get all the pieces moved back over again. I set my first piece, move the other pieces, and run out to get tape. But there's an interesting thing happening. One of the pieces that was overlapped like this was like like one of the biggest disasters but it was furthest from my anchor point mm-hmm. so we move everything back over and i'm like okay so that will move over we've cut pieces of that away because right. it's again it's the biggest trouble spot i go it's gonna it's gonna fall into place and it might have um some gaps and that's okay gaps there are fine like we'll just tape over them no problem <clears throat> nope no gaps. Somehow, some way, some form, don't know how. One end is wider than the other. So we moved all of our pieces back. And again, everything kind of moved the same direction. Everything kind of moved like back into the right. 
So get the so my anchor piece is done. The next three pieces are done. So this is this one. Like it's all there. It's all taped. It's all straight. It's all everything. <laughs> this piece, it's wider at one point, narrow at another end. I'm like, I don't remember that. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I didn't cut that end. So the end that's narrower, I never cut. Like I never cut right. away from there. Right. So I don't know why the fuck it's. I don't know how the fuck it became narrower. And then the other piece, like the wide piece. That part still doesn't fit. It's still too wide. And I'm like, it fit one time. Yeah. Everything has moved away from this edge, not not towards it. Right. Everything's moved away from this edge. How the fuck does this not fit? <laughs> I'm like, this is like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So that was like, you know, my afternoon, like just moving floor, having it still not fit. And it's like the only other thing I could do at this point would be move all the racks off, reset the black mat that the 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 racks are underneath. But then it's going to overlap overlap with the turf because now it's like right. Shit, right. I mean, shit does expand. I get it. Shit expands, straightens out, lies flat. Fine. It's gonna be a mess anyway. And then I I already know it. I know what's going to happen. I told Chris just to burn the fucking place down when this happens. I go, don't even let me fucking see it tomorrow. I know there's going to be a fucking bubble in the floor tomorrow. Because oh, yeah. we moved everything, taped everything, reset everything, got it all in the right spot, right place. Double tape, triple taped, double stamp, a double, triple stamp, a double stamp, touch blue, make it true. Like, <laughs> did it all. I go, there's going to be a fucking bubble tomorrow and we're not going to be able to fix it because everything's taped down now. I go, just light the fucking place on fire when that happens. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. There's there's definitely gonna be a fucking bubble. <laughs> yeah. Just burn it the Because that's fuck how down. this works. That's exactly burn it how fucking, this works. Like, and that's my thing. Just burn it fucking down. I don't even care anymore. And the yeah. form will survive. It's fucking fire retarded. Yeah. <laughs> I'm retarded. And then it'll be sitting there with the bubble. The bubble will last too. The bubble will last through the fire. Yeah. It'll get bigger. <laughs> I can't. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, are you guys still kind of trending on being out of there in like a month or two? Not like a month or two, but we do need to get out. Yeah. So, I mean. That's a, that's a whole. Well, it's, so this is the thing too. It's like, it's like, do we really want to move all of the floor when we're not staying here? Right. And it's like. Yes, well, we have to because there's a fucking bubble in the fucking thing. Yeah, and we don't know and when people we're can fucking trip over it, right? Yeah, and like, we and we problem. don't know when we're leaving, so I'm fucking doing it. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Because the other thing is, then if I wait and wait and wait for four people to be around, it's like, oh, we'll just do it in one. No, I'll just fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. I'll fucking handle it. I'll fucking do it. No, I did get some help today, but you can't be fucking kidding me. Is uh is Benedict still tracking to be out of there? He's yeah, I don't know when, but he's like full steam ahead. Yeah. So that'll be fun. You guys will get a lot more space for activities. Great. For like for like, you know, ten weeks probably. <laughs> Great. <laughs> So you said they're going to turn it into condos, like a housing development. I don't know what the f- I don't, they're, 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 they're going to be, it's not going to be retail leasing. Yeah. They're changing the zone. 
or whatever. whatever yeah, the they, they, they have do. opportunities. So whether it's housing, restaurants, multi-purpose. Right. They have those options now. Yeah. Oh, can't put a restaurant across from McGuire's. <laughs> Hopefully they put another Italian place. I hope yeah. they put an Italian place with a coffee shop because that's what yeah. that's what because those those do so well right there in that spot right isn't that like the th- third Italian spot and I think the only reason La Familia hasn't closed yet is because it's a chain yeah well that was so that also got weird because I think the restaurant that was there before that they it wasn't there for like nine months it might have been a was little it like La long- Cucina or something like that. No, that's in a different part of Easton. No. I never... Yeah, I don't know where that one is. I don't know. I don't fucking eat in Easton. I just remember it was like a super fancy... like So before it was the super fancy Italian place, it was what? The Foundry? Yeah. Because we went... I went there once. We, We went there with my mom like right after we moved to Mansfield. Yeah. And then it closed... And then it became like the Italian place. And then that think, closed after like nine months. And then it I became think it La got, Familia. I think it got sold because of the sewer. Oh. I think the building owner didn't want to pay for the sewer assessment. Oh. Could be it. So I think they sold it to someone that was willing to pay for it. Yeah. Were you guys on sewer the whole time? No, septic. Still on septic. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure how that went because I know they dug up that whole street. So Yeah, because we were there during that whole thing. So it was yeah. septic, stayed septic, still is septic. That's why they can repurpose the building because now it's sewer. Right, right. <coughs> Fucking real estate law is fun. <laughs> um, the fuck was I going to use for my final thought? Oh, uh, we watched a movie the other day called The Greatest Beer Run. And I'm not going to lie. I was pretty skeptical going in. Right. Like, it, so I don't know if you ever saw previews for it, but it was um, Zach Efron is the star. And it's based on a true story of this guy from New York who kind of really isn't doing anything with his life. And as sort of like a joke, he says that he's going to bring a beer to everyone from his neighborhood in New York that's in Vietnam. And like people kind of hold it to him and it becomes serious. And he actually ends up doing it. Um so this like random dude from New York finds his way over to Vietnam in like the late 60s, right? And runs around the fucking battlefield handing out beers to people. Um so again, like I said, I was skeptical going in. I didn't think it was going to be that good. Uh but it actually was pretty fucking good. Um Zach Efron is great. I actually I just I like Zach Efron. Um just as an actor, I think he's super talented. I think he's very good at at what he does, like whatever role he's playing. Um, and I thought it was really, really well done. So 
you know, I was, I was pleasantly surprised that it was that good. Um, I forget what streaming service we watched it on. Might've been Apple TV plus, but I mean, I don't know, just fucking Google it out there. If you're interested, if you haven't seen it already, um, and you want to, and you want to watch it, um, just Google it, find out where it is. Um, but, but yeah, very good movie. I give it, uh, I give it a thumbs up. So I'll put my, put my stamp on it. I think it was called the greatest beer run or like the greatest beer run ever or something like that, whatever it is. So it's easy enough to find. Just, like I said, Google it, Mari. Figure it out. Um, yeah. So there we have it. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you for watching. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit subscribe up above. Uh, tell everybody you know about the show. Uh, if you're an audio-only listener, you can also subscribe over there. Um, and if you use either Spotify or Apple to listen to us, uh, you can go to the, I don't know, Spotify homepage or our podcast homepage, whatever, or the iTunes store and leave us five stars and a review. Uh, it helps new people find the show. It helps maybe potential sponsors find the show. So that and you just telling more people about the show. So thank you all for spreading, uh, I would assume, by word of mouth. Um, so the show continues to grow. We had probably more downloads last month. I think last month might have ended up being one of our highest month for downloads um, in a couple months, maybe since like March or so. So uh, shout out to all you guys out there that are uh, spreading the word, telling everybody else about the show. We appreciate it. Uh, you can get us on Instagram at sarcasm speaks pod. Uh, Twitter is sarcasm underscore speaks. Facebook is sarcasm speaks website, sarcasm speaks.com. Uh, if you go to our Instagram, click the link on our bio, you will get a link tree. That is every single discount that we offer right now. Uh, we have a code with noon brew shout out to them. Uh, the new promo code is Jared one, two, four, one, two, after someone or multiple people out there spammed the fuck out of it. Um, and they had to change the promo code for us, but, uh, you can find it again, either on Instagram or in the show notes below here. Uh, also we have the ice pod, uh, new to the show. I am also a new purchaser of this, this product in particular, and I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I, I, I very much enjoy the cold plunge, ice bath, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, it's portable. It's super easy to put together. It takes about five minutes, um, right out of the box. You put a couple of plastic rods in it. It comes with a little air pump. You pump up the top tube and then you just fill it with water. So, uh, and obviously ice. Uh, so shout out to those guys. Use the promo code Jared10093. I think it is. I don't know. Maybe I'm fucking it up. Just check the show notes. Uh, it's there. And then last but not least, we have mybookie.com. Uh, one of the OGs, I think, have been with us forever. Uh, use the promo code SarcasmPod to double your first deposit up to a thousand bucks over there with mybookie.com. Uh, so that is going to do it. Until next time, good night, everybody.